You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child Your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. And welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions that push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Latrice. Glad to have you with me again. I'm excited about this show. Uh, forewarned you, we need three hours for this show, but we're going to try to pull it off in two hours. Uh, we got a couple of special guests on with us, but if you will, Queen, say hello to the intellectual outcasts, as I now call the audience, and if you will, go ahead and give them a little bit of your background before I introduce our guest as well. Sure. Good morning, Montoya, and good morning, um, listeners. I'm excited to engage in this conversation, um, and part of it is because of the work that I do. I'm a diversity, equity, and inclusion professional, and I work with organizations to ensure that they are providing equitable access to opportunities to all of their employees, regardless of race, gender, sexual orientation, religion, et cetera. Um, so I'm really excited to dive into this conversation, um, particularly as it relates to black women. Now, I love it. Glad to have you. I'll go ahead and let the cat out the bag. This morning's discussion question, has patriarchy gotten anything right? Has patriarchy gotten anything right? And with that said, I'll introduce our first guest, Ephraim Abdullah. You've been with us before, if you will. Can you give us a little bit of your background? I labeled you a Muslim traditionalist. I'm pretty sure that's not something you typically call yourself, but you are okay with that uh, labeling <laughs> for this show, if you will. Uh, but what any background you would like to give as well? I uh, appreciate you um, being with us this morning, King. Yeah, good morning. I'm um, yeah, I guess I am a Muslim. I'm a Muslim and I'm traditional, so I guess that's accurate. Uh, but I'm a, a Metro Atlanta resident, husband, father, uh, real estate agent, um, and community member. Now, love it. And our next guest probably doesn't even need an introduction. Not only has he, but probably my might be my most 
request, you might be, I think you may have the most guest appearance with me, if you will, Dr. Sajada, and I, you've also sat in and hosted for me a couple times, so we go back a long way, and we've been through many of these dialogues, but if you will, uh, Dr. Sajada, give people a little bit of your background as it relates to this topic. We just had you on a few weeks ago, so again, we, we dub you because of your area of, you have so many areas of expertise, but in particular, discussions like this, we love to have you as a part of them, so thank you for being with us, and, uh, and go ahead with uh, Good morning, everyone. It's, it's a pleasure to be with you all again. Thank you for having me, Montoya. And um, I, I I go by an anti, I, I call myself an anti-oppression uh, facilitator, uh, organizer, and um, content creator. And I do that in a number of ways. I write, I podcast, I speak. Uh, I'm also the founder um, of Grow Dialogue, which is a consultancy uh, that helps business teams families and, and individuals in relationships uh, communicate more effectively, collaboratively, um, and, and resolving conflict, et cetera. Uh, we do team building. Uh, we do diversity, equity, and inclusion training and work, et cetera, uh, for corporations and grassroots organizations across the spectrum, large and small. Beautiful. Beautiful. Again, thank you for being with us. Uh, Latrice, Queen, we'll start with you as we always just do. Again, as a, for those that don't know, I'd like to make sure we keep a lady on this podcast with us to keep us brothers in check because sometimes we will go awry and not appropriately have, uh, you know, uh, our, our sister's opinion. As you said, you are glad to be a part of this conversation. So we'll start with you the way we always start. When you heard the question worded this particular way, what was your first initial thought? Let's do this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Ephraim, I practically had to twist your arm to bring you on. Again, you've been on here before. And you was like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell them to let the cow be bad. You said, I ain't I'm going to have nothing to do with it. That was your first thought. So I already know your first thought. But after I convinced you to do it, can you tell me what you thought after you said, okay? Well, first I wanted to learn some things. So that was a thought. Okay. I'm interested to know. You know, because I don't really follow the, the conversation on the patriarchy and how bad it is and all these different things. So uh, I'm interested to learn from the from the other uh, participants on the show today. All right, nice. Come to the show with an open mind. And Dr. Sanjata, again, thank you for once again being a guest on the show. Your initial thoughts when you heard it worded this way, because I knew we had talked about bringing you on but mm-hmm. I, I, if you just recently saw how I worded it. So what was your thought when you heard it worded particularly that way? Um, I just, I didn't have any, 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 any major thought either way. Just, just more so thinking deeply about the answer to that question. I, I guess okay. that's what I'll say. Yeah. All right. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. We got, two hours to go into the, those deep thoughts again. We probably need three hours for this show because here's something that I've figured out before we even go to our first break. Just as I was researching, uh, I realized that to a degree, um, as I was promoting this show, and I'll be honest, didn't see a lot of response. And, and as I did my research, I kind of figured out why. And, and Latrice, you probably can give a little bit of this background before we go to the first break. But as I was doing my research, it's almost, um, for what I found was, Patriarch used to be a term that was constantly debated and dialogued over a long time ago. It kind of went away in the in society as far as conversation goes, and it's been brought back to the forefront 
relatively by a couple of movements, if you will, some some elements of the feminist movement, if you will, and then recently, um, I guess prior to or as Trump was becoming president, even um, thoughts of the conservatives kind of brought the word back to it, it back to the forefront in a sense to debate against the feminists, if you will. So, Latrice, again, I'm pretty sure you can give me even a little better history, but that's just something I noticed during my research. So we're almost, I would even say, within our community, at the cutting edge of a conversation that may be coming to the forefront in society as we go, in a sense, kind of head down the roads we're heading down. I hope I'm correcting that, but that's just what I noticed this week during my research. Any thoughts on that, on Latrice, before we go to the first break? Um, I think it's it's actually been discussed a lot in our community. Um, okay. It's just not put in that, those terms of, of patriarchy and, right. and femi- well, feminism is used. Um, you'll hear these debates about is a woman submissive and those kinds of things. And I think in those terms, um, or the independent black woman, we're actually engaging in conversations around uh, around patriarchy, but we're just not calling it that. Okay. No, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, well, let's shoot to this first break. When we come back, we'll get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion, see if we can convince some of these callers to jump in with us. But, again, I think between the four of us, we are set for a lively discussion. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Hey, Smithoff, where you find that Prince Sign of the Times on vinyl at? Real talk, you got a dope vinyl collection. What, you been collecting them, like, over the years or something? No, actually, I just started my collection. But my man Tobago over at DBS Sounds, he be hooking me up. You remember DBS Sounds? On the south side? They still around? I figured most of the record stores in Atlanta be closed by now. Hey, vinyl is the new wave, and DBS Sounds got the best collection in town. You can still go there and flip through vinyl. They still got CDs and mixtapes, too. Let me check the IG page at DBS Sounds ATL. They still be having artists in stores and everything. Hey, you want to run by there? Hey, man, I ain't got time right now. I got to go back to Cali tomorrow, but I might have to catch them next time. I'm in. Oh, nah, you good. Even when you get home, you can just shop at their online store at dbssounds.com. They'll ship directly to you anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, jump on dbssounds.com on your phone and order straight from there. Word? Hey, I'm about to get my music game up. Hey, what's their address? In case I get a chance to swing by there, I'm, I'm going to pick up that new Kendra Lamar CD. Oh, they at 6604 Highway 85, Riverdale, Georgia. Bet. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, has patriarchy gotten anything right? My special guest co-host is Latrice Ross, as well as special guest Ephraim Abdullah and Dr. Sujata. To get this thing started, Latrice, if you remember a few weeks ago, we had a dialogue specifically about patriarchy based on a post that I put up. And I remember in that dialogue, we actually 
you kind of laid out in a sense the definition of patriarchy. And I think I think I think you're absolutely right when I asked you the question of you know within the African American community specifically, are we having these discussions? I think you're right when you talk about along the lines that you spoke of. And I think what I alluding to is when I look at the definition and, and kind of what it specifically re- relates to, uh, it looks like, again, this may be a term that's going to get hot and heavy, particularly with the, the term of patriarchy, if you will, there's going to be a hot and heavy discussion. I wanted to kind of just start with the actual definition because um, in our dialogue, I think I was focused on one of the definitions and I think you will focus on the second definition, if you will. So let me just share the definition, and we'll get this conversation started. So the definition I just recently looked up, I was trying to find the exact one that you and I looked at, um, but it just says patriarchy uh, is a system of society or government in which the father or eldest male is the head of the family and descent, and descent is traced through the male line. Uh, the next definition says a system of society or government in which men hold power and women are largely excluded from it. And then the last one just says a society of community organized on patriarchal lines. So, Queen, yeah, in that debate, I just wanted to share this with you. So uh, when I made, the, you know, that particular post that had us having that dialogue, I was leaning in a sense towards the first definition just from the standpoint of patriarchy, if you will, to a degree, is in a sense, how lineage is decided currently, you know, by the way humans are, well, especially in Western society, and more or less, that's not all I was focused on, uh, but I know what wasn't in my mind was the domination of women, and you, in a sense, brought that forward. It says, hey, when I speak of patriarchy, this is what I'm speaking of. So to a degree, we were debating the word not having the exact definition. I don't know if you caught that from a few weeks ago, but I just wanted to throw that out there and let you kind of open up this dialogue again, just with your background. I know you can speak to some of what I'm saying, but I thought that was very typical, right? People sometimes can debate something and don't, and not maybe not be talking about the exact same thing. Your thoughts, Queen? Well, even in the definition, the first definition that you gave, the undercurrent of the meaning that I follow for patriarchy is all in the midst of that. Because if you you look at how it's defined, a system of society or government in which the father or eldest male is the head of the family and um, descent is traced through the male family line, um, when you ask yourself why is that, it's because patriarchy is a political, economic, and cultural ideological system based on the power and domination of men over women through their belief that men possess greater intellectual power, greater physical power, et cetera. So in a sense, we were debating different definitions, but the undercurrent of my definition was running through your definition, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Can you, can you understand that, um, that I can look at the, initial, the first definition, not the second definition, which clearly speaks to the domination of women? Can you understand that? that still may not be a part of my definition. And I say that simply from this standpoint. Um, Historically, you know, there's been different types of societies, right? But on these lines of matriarchal, uh, patriarchal and matriarchal societies, uh, there have been different cultures that have switched from matriarchal to patriarchal and vice versa. And a lot of times that's just kind of based on what's happening in their environment and their geography, if you will, for why they choose to switch or why, you know, why they exist. And so uh, from that, from that definition, I'm not even seeing it 
from a domination standpoint, and I'm e- e- making matriarchy and patriarchy equivalents, and I'm just saying, can you understand for every person that's not part of their definition? And I'm just wondering. And, and I understand that, but okay. but for me, my my the way that I look at things is always questioning why is it that way. And so mm-hmm. when I then then begin begin to dig into the why, that's when the other definition rises to the surface. Um, and and I, and I don't know. I guess I was I was just raised and taught to have that curiosity to dig deeper and understand the why behind the way things are. And so yeah. when I look at those surface level definitions, I want to know the why. Yeah, right, sounds good, uh, Dr. Sanjata. You've done a lot of history in this area. So any thoughts? Again, it was just a. I just thought, it was kind of a. I just thought it would be an interesting way to start. She and I had that conversation, and initially I didn't think we were necessarily dialoguing about the same definition of the word. And so I just wanted to hear your thoughts again, knowing more of the history. I would even say I've learned some of the history from listening to your podcast. If you want to highlight the name of your podcast and just give us some thoughts to what even <coughs> mine and Latrice's dialogue from a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll turn on here. I was I would say that you know your your definition is 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 on point and um, how you explained it, and I would say even again what Latrice expressed as well is also on point and accurate. Um, and I'll when you speak about the history and the, and the work that I've done detailing the history based on the things I've learned and, and looked up, um, I have a podcast called Theory of Indivisibility. And in episode six, I talk about the evolutionary origins of patriarchy, the current complexities, and then how we can transition away from patriarchy into something more equitable. I I give examples of how people are already doing that. So I kind of cover all three uh, within that one episode. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, as I understand patriarchy, I'm not sure if you want me to get into the history of it now, but I'll just say from a definition standpoint, Absolutely, what what you stated and what Latrice stated are, are on par to to my understanding. That well, sounds good. Um, Ephraim, any quick thoughts? Anything you want to throw in there? If you you know you don't have to. I just don't know if anything. If again, I just want to kind of start because I think anytime we want to get a baseline of the definition, and so clearly the rest of this dialogue for anyone listening will be the full definition to include what Latrice is talking about. But I definitely want to make sure if you were listening that you wasn't having a version that didn't include what we were all talking about. So now we have the full encompass definition. Any thoughts, Evan, before I kind of just take us to the next um, part of this conversation? No, I didn't have anything to add right now. All right, just making sure. All right, so now that we've established the baseline, I wanted to share, again, some of the research that I found and get all of y'all thoughts on this. And so um, a couple of interesting articles, one that I know me and Latrice both have read together, but I'm going to start with actually another one and so just even to include this patriarchy by definition the word itself simply means rule of the father you know just to put it out there or whatever which kind of again alludes to latrice saying hey why why is that and so um, with that said there was um, a couple of great articles that we found i found and here's just a, a thought i just want to hear what y'all think of it so patriarchy, once a term debated in endless articles, conferences, and books, many theories, theorists now regard it as it is as too blunt and monolithic to capture the nuances of oppression. Paradoxically, paradoxically, some on the right have enthusiastically taken up the term, regarding it not as an evil to be stamped out, 
but as a natural difference between the genders ordained by God or by biology to be protected against rampaging feminism. Teresa, I'm pretty sure you're ready to eat that eat that thought up, but that's an opening thought from um, Charlotte Higgins' um, article called The Age of Patriarchy and How an Unfashionable Idea Became a Rally Cry for Feminism Today. Your thoughts when hearing that opening paragraph, Queen? Um, it's someone who is pandering to men. Um, I, I honestly, because I, let me let me clarify one thing first, because I get often accused of being a feminist. I'm not. I'm a womanist. The feminist movement has never really had space for black women except to increase their numbers. And so I, I, don't, um, mm. I don't call myself a feminist. I'm not a feminist. My, I'm a womanist. My focus is on how black women um, experience this world and how we navigate um, the nuances of patriarchy in our modern society. Um, so I want to make that clear. But I, I, if we think about it, patriarchy didn't come about until our society became an agricultural society. And, they're, they're, and folks began homesteading, and there needed to be um, the need for defense and people who would go out and gather food and things of that nature. So we didn't start out our society that way, but we have evolved to that. And even as our society has continued to evolve, where we've reached, I believe that we've reached a space where we can actually shed some of the the vestiges of, of patriarchy and and be more equitable or equal in how we um, live our live our experiences in this society in this present day society. Well, fair enough. I will say I'm surprised. And I go ahead. I want to go to Doctor Sajada next. Um, I'm surprised that in maybe I didn't read it clear. I'm surprised that you picked out the, 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 the um, I guess, the bias of pandering. And it's because I know the full article actually doesn't pander at all. And in my, and again, I may not have read it clearly, but I feel like the, the opening paragraph just lays out both sides of it, in just my opinion. It, it does, but I think okay. because it was out of context of the whole article, Okay. it, it, it sort of, okay. It, it, okay, so. No, 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 you're fine. I'm, I'm oh, yeah, go ahead and no, I, I, I just want to say because it was like, I, I do agree with it. the opening. Yeah, I do agree with the opening parts of it, but I, you know we, you know when we, and that, that's the thing when we don't have the time to to read the entire text of something and we pull those pieces out mm-hmm. without the, the the proper context, it can it can have those thoughts to to sort of um leap out at you. But the yeah. opening part of the that you know I'm I'm actually in agreement with. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was definitely wondering, um, Doctor Sajada. Do I, I can reread it for you if I need to, but I, but I, I know there's a lot in that opening paragraph that, again, I've watched you and listened to your work, and you've spoken to a little bit of all of this. Again, just one side says, "A, uh, too blunt, monolithic to capture the nuances of oppression." Then the other side says, "Hey, there's these are natural differences ordained by God, biology." I know you and I have been our debates. I've kind of spoke to you that way or whatever. So it just kind of opens up with. This, to two sides, in my opinion. Uh, but your thoughts as you hear that opening paragraph in that article. I wanted to ask you to read it again for me. Okay, absolutely. Let me do it. Once a term debated in endless articles, conferences, and books, many theorists now regard it as it is as too blunt and monolithic to capture the nuances of oppression. Paradoxically, 
Some on the right have enthusiastically taken up the term, regarding it not as an evil to be stamped out, but as a natural difference between the genders ordained by God or biology to be protected against rampaging feminism. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it just it just feels if it, it doesn't capture the the complete history and the evolutionary origins of patriarchy, um, you know. And and one of the things that, in my you know, in, in my understanding of the evolution of it all, it, it, that that this type of critique or or explanation misses. It just doesn't go back far enough. I think that, you know, we happen to be fortunate to be alive during a time where we can look back further than when religious doctrine were created a thousand years ago. Um, they didn't have the access to the same scientific knowledge, the same technology to be able to look back far enough to understand the or evolutionary origins of these things. So if we're going to start with religion, then we're going to be off base because for that fact alone if that makes sense. That no, sounds good. And it's, I'm going to just tell y'all, I want to see what everyone thinks of this. So again, and again, I'm obviously reading the article. Y'all are hearing it, you know, hearing this for the first time. And again, I may not be as clear as I need to be when I read it, but I was, it's just interesting to hear what y'all pick out of it. Ephraim, any thoughts? Because again, I just hear the first paragraph laying out both sides. I don't even know. I don't even see how you capture it says religion or biology. That's kind of how I heard that dialogue. So I didn't hear I didn't hear it start either way. Again, that's just my critique of listening. But again, I've read the article over and over. Um, Ephraim, any thoughts uh, from just hearing that opening paragraph from that article? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more along the lines of what you're saying. I just hear it laying out what what the definition is or what it is according to you know based on religion or biology. I don't know that there's any. Uh, I don't have any additional thoughts just from hearing that. Mm-hmm. Now, nah, sounds good. So let's get into the history real quick. And the Dr. Jada, we'll start with you. And I'll, here's another article from Ellen, Ellen Bull that I found a couple years ago. This is the one that you and I read together, Latrice. And it just opens with the history of patriarchy. And again, you can go further with this, but I'll just read this initial part of this article. It says, the history of patriarchy. It's not about men. It's a societal system that is only 10,000 years old, which a lot of people don't know. Just throwing that my opinion there. All right. And then it says this. Today, most anthrop- anthropologists would agree, regardless of their stance on issues such as the universality of male dominance, that an entirely different order of male dominance became associated with the rise of the large and populous agricultural states organized in terms of class. The patriarchal system that emerged brought women for the first time under direct control under under the direct control of fathers and husbands with few cross-cutting sources of support. Women as wives under this system were not societal adults, and women women's lives were defined in terms of being a wife. Women's mothering and women's sexuality came to be seen as requiring protection by fathers and husbands, protecting unmarried women's virginity. Virginity appears to go along with the idea of the domestication of women and an emphasis on a radical dichotomy between the public and the private sphere. Dr. Sanjata, jump in on that. Yeah, that that speaks to my understanding, you know, of of how it evolved um, alongside of, as Latrice mentioned, 
you know, and like you just mentioned about approximately 10,000 years ago with the onset of the agricultural revolution and humans becoming sedentary for the first time, um, there became this like social order that was evolved out of power, power over and control dynamics. It's important to also speak to the fact that prior to that 10, 12,000 years ago, approximately with the agricultural revolution, most human societies um, lived in, you know, egalitarian um, societies, you know, where there were no differentiation between um, in terms of power dynamics between men and women, you know, or any gender for that matter. And once the idea of being able to own land and, you know, having to protect land and all these things happened, and then, um, you know, men wanting to pass down their, their lineage to the next generation, that's when patriarchy evolved, uh, as well as with being sedentary, you know, women being able to have more children, which put them more so even more sedentary than the men, where the men were out in the council meetings, et cetera, handling various elements of, you know, governance. The women were at home raising the children. So it created more of a separation uh, than had had ever been a part of, um, you know, human societies at that time. So all these things create the conditions for, for patriarchy to evolve in those ways, as well as, you know, with agriculture, it being very labor intensive and, you know, the strength, generally speaking, the strength of men being more valued than um, what women were bringing um, because growing food and, and, and all those things uh, became so valuable and it just de- devalued, um, you know, women's roles versus when they were, you know, sharing the roles of like hunter and gathering, et cetera. So like all these forces, you know, played a part to, to, to towards patriarchy evolving. And, uh, and then of course the, the main point that I mentioned at the, at the onset of my, of what I'm saying is that men needed to know, you know, who, who are my children? And in order for that to happen, that's where what you spoke to in terms of, you know, protecting the women and their, their sexuality and how they moved around became even more prevalent and became to dominate, you know, society and all those things contributed to patriarchy evolving. Uh, absolutely. I'm going to end this segment, if you will, with another quote from Ellen Bow. Then we're going to go to a cut that's going to take us right into the modern era um, from, if y'all may know, Andrew Tate is the cut I'll be playing next next if you know of this guy or whatever but that'll move us into the modern era but I'll close the history with this com- with this um, comment from Ellen Bo. It says why patriarchy and not some other word because at least in the European historical lineage which later affected many other cultures through colonial contact the shift to separation and control coincided with making paternity central how paternity became to be central after it wasn't for 97% of the existence of homo sapiens is way beyond what a blog post can address. And that was her particular thought to that. She says, what is important to note, though, is that once paternity becomes important, controlling women is inevitable because only by controlling women can it be reliably known who the father is. There is irreducible distance between the biological father and the offspring that can only be eliminated fully by imprisoning a woman and preventing any other man from having access to her. This is why patriarchal societies by necessity become societies of control and separation. We have become so habituated to this state of affairs that most of us don't even see that it is our own creation. Nice summary to why this exists, if you will. Let's go to this cut, and I definitely want to hear all three of your comments after this 
break and cut. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Do you need marketing designed specifically to compete in today's digital age? Well, look no further than Edge Digital Business Solutions, a marketing agency that's well-equipped to provide solutions to the challenges faced by businesses looking to acquire and retain customers in today's ultra-competitive marketing world. Whether it's video creation, website or logo design, mobile app development, social media and email marketing, or e-commerce design and development, Emoridge Digital Business Solutions has the answer. Visit them at EmoridgeDBS.com. That's E-M-O-R-E-J-D-B-S.com. Or call 864-221-3632. That's 864-221-3632. Emoridge Digital Business Solutions. We're the solution to your marketing challenges. Women confuse this very often. They talk about the fact that men have all the power, men make all the money, men are in charge, and we oppress women. Let me make something very clear to you. Firstly, you're confusing 1% of men with all men. The majority of men have no money, no power, no sex from their wife, no fucking chance in court. They can't even keep their house. They won't get to see their kids, and they don't. So most men, their life sucks. That's the first thing. The second thing, when a man gets up at 4 in the morning to go carry garbage to earn a good wage, he ain't thinking, I'm going to do this so I can oppress that bitch because she's broke. <laughs> He's doing it thinking so I can provide for my family, so my woman can stay at home and raise my kids and have nice nails while I'm out here carrying trash. You go to a coal mine, those dudes are not down there thinking about oppressing women. They're down there thinking about providing for women. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that there's not bad apples, but in general, us men are prepared to take on more bullshit to protect you than you would possibly believe. And in the modern world, they've spun that. Feminism spun that. Men make all the money. You women need more money because men make the money and men are in charge and men have the good job. Men are out here giving up their fucking life for you chicks. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, has patriarchy gotten anything right? Special guest Ephraim Abdullah, as well as Dr. Sanjata. If you are a first-time listener, we are not a politically correct show. You just figured that out. As I play a cut from Andrew Tate, Queen Patrice, I will let you dig into that come to that cut first. Um, I think it simplifies too much um, the concept of patriarchy because if we begin to dig deep into it, patriarchy is why women are paid less than men for the same work. Um, I shared an article on LinkedIn earlier this week or last week that talked about um, gray divorces, and it dug into how women of a certain age, um, many are living in poverty after they divorce, and that's because women are paid less for for doing the same work. That means they contribute less into their Social Security or whatever um, because they are paid less. And so when we, you know, when we get past the, the junk part of, of patriarchy, because to me that's the ill-informed part that he was talking about, that's the superficial part of it, when we really dig into what patriarchy does and the harm that it does, it goes much deeper than that superficial perspective. Let me ask something real quick, and I want to go to um, Ephraim next. Um, so I know in our dialogue, and I, I know you've done plenty of research since that time, because I think I've seen some of those. I've seen some of the more recent 
um, research when you shoot to the pay. Um, I, I know in the past you have, you and I have agreed that for the most part on the middle class level and down, if you will, you're not going to see a difference in pay because most of those jobs are just kind of laid out there and the, the pay is what it is. Where you get the biggest difference is when you start getting into the jobs where you can negotiate your pay, and there's a lot of factors in that. And so I wanted to hear your dialogue on, to me, even what you're saying simplifies the, the wage gap from the standpoint that the most average American are walking into jobs where there isn't a pay difference. Is that not still fair, or do you do you so feel like it's different? I want to say most average Americans. I would say a lot of times with hourly wages, it's not. But when you get to salaried positions, it is. Well, that's what I just said. I said, so the average American has hourly. Salary is not the average American. And, 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 so, and, and I guess my reality is a little bit different. Um, <laughs> so um, because even if your salary is 50K, a lot of people that I know are salaried and not hourly. Um, and but I don't know the I don't know the the stats yeah, on you. that. But I'm actually talking about from the professional perspective, um, yeah, from definitely. a salary perspective. Um, even if it's fifty thousand, a woman might be paid forty eight versus the fifty thousand, and that does have an impact. And there are a lot of there are there are a lot of women who are salaried. There are a lot of black women who are salaried, whether their role is administrative or not. Um, and that does factor into. But if you're in a role where you are paid hourly. Um, you know, it, I won't say because sometimes like nurses are paid hourly, um, respiratory therapists are paid hourly. So in those types of roles, there are salary disparities. But if you're looking at, you know, if I'm a clerk at a grocery store and I make $15 an hour, then that is what it is. But when you get more into those professional roles, there is a disparity. Right, which I clearly understand in the professional role. I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying it's very, what, what, uh, what is it, EEOC? Am I saying it right? E-O-E? What is it called? EEOC? Yeah, EEOC. Yeah, that's like a company's just asking for a, um, uh, um, what you call it, a, a, a lawsuit if their, their simple salaries are varied by gender. Like, that's just that's just too easy. So I'm just saying, right. in general, so that, that you know, so, so I'm just saying, I would say most average Americans are taking those type of positions. I just wanted to make that distinction. Um, yeah, Ephraim, any thoughts on what you heard from um, Andrew Tate or anything that Latrice had to say? Um, not necessarily so much what I heard from Andrew Tate, but I've, I've taken some time to go up and go and look up some things. Um, and what I'm hearing from the conversation so far of how patriarchy, in a sense, as a system evolved, it's seemed like it evolved out of necessity and needed to know lineage and that type of stuff. But looking up egalitarianism, it, it just says all individuals are born, a system or society where all individuals are born equal and all members of society are said to have a right to equal opportunities. So I wouldn't think that even in patriarchy there wouldn't be, there's not a sense of people being born equal and having being having access to equal equal opportunity, what I think more than likely happens in all systems is that when human beings try to implement these systems, they inevitably um, get things wrong based on their own biases and and um, different uh, ways of thinking and opinions or whatever. 
So I don't think that necessarily patriarchy in its in and of itself is a negative thing to be demonized, but maybe how it's how it's applied. And interestingly, it said uh, there's a question when I when I look this egalitarianism up. It says what society was the most egalitarian? And in 2012, it says the United States is the most egalitarian society. So it's you know, I mean, I know there, there are situations What's your source? Where I'm sorry. Society. What's your source? I'm just doing quick um, searches on the Internet. This is an article, a New York Times article from 2012 that said the United States was a, the most egalitarian society. But Was that an op-ed piece? Um, because um, with all the systemic inequalities in this country, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> So 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 let me ask this. I'm gonna let Dr. Duck in. And so um, so let, from let me just throw this out just as a quick thought as I hear it. Um, where would you, where would you might suggest different in your mind? Because again, obviously, you know, we obviously experience a lot of the issues, right, Latrice? So again, we talk about them all the time on this show. Uh, but in your mind, where might you think that that would be better based on whatever that whatever param- parameters? Obviously, you know, we don't know and we're not going to put it out of the article. But in your mind, what places would you might see different? Because I'm hearing it possibly as, you know, maybe trying to highlight democracy or something. I don't know what their goal was. But what's so when I you, look at yeah, when mm-hmm. I look at research, Iceland mm-hmm. is actually the most egalitarian country when it comes to economic equality. I got you. Yes, yeah, so I was just yeah, I was just um, wondering where you might where you might highlight. Dr. Sanjad, if you will. Um, did you finish up your thought? E, I'm sorry. Make sure you finish before that. I'm sorry, too. Yeah, well, I had a question. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. If, yeah, go with that part. Yeah, so most most societies we assume, and I mean, uh, apparently are are uh, patriarchal. So what would be, I would ask, ideally, what, what type of society, if it weren't patriarchal? I mean, it's, it's you, you talk about patriarchy in the sense of, from my understanding, you know, whether the the, uh, the lineage is through the father, the, the men are, you know, seen as the leaders and the dominant in the society. Um, but I feel like with with responsibility is also, I mean, with um, with position is also responsibility. So, yeah, I may be the leader. I may have that that role of the head, so to speak, but with that becomes a lot of responsibility that I have to take on as well. So, like in Andrew Tate clip, he was saying, you know, men are out here doing what they have to do with the thought of I'm providing for my family, and that's from what I, you know, from the the men that I know, and you know, I mean, this is a small microcosm or whatever. It's just you know, anecdotal, but that's the overwhelming thought. You know, I'm I'm here to provide for my family, protect my family, to do what's best for my family. I'm not thinking about this power dynamic and I need to control this and control that. You know, uh so for the average man, I don't think we even we even think about that stuff. You know, and it, it may be a thought of upper echelon people or, you know, the so called they, you know, the, the, the infamous they and the powers that be and all this kind of stuff. But for the average man, you know, it's out here trying to trying to make do what's best and make it make make things happen for their families. 
Dr. Sanjata, in response to that? I mean, it's a, it's a lot that has been said, you know, even prior to that question and that I wanted to kind of touch on. And when I think about the clip you played, as can, well can as we do the question, the, if you don't mind, just for the sake of the continuity, answer that question. Then do that. If you don't mind, I want to answer this question real quick. Your thoughts on this question real quick. If you don't mind, if you don't mind, just do it in that order. If it's okay. Well, I would say in, in response to this question, it just – it reminds me of like I, I would agree with what he's saying in terms of like most men just have their heads down, you know, trying to quote unquote provide for their families where that is where that is the case. However, there is a script that that's embedded within that around you know power and dominance because ultimately patriarchy is a is a dominance hierarchy and it's a system, and a lot of people don't realize that they are perpetuating that system. We, it's like the water we swim in. A lot of folks don't even realize that we're in it and that we're perpetuating certain elements of it, um, you know, as we do it. So there's there's so many so many things that I know I know um, Latrice could speak to in terms of you know how men may unknowingly uh, disadvantage or oppress or other or erase the efforts of women. Like and if we're talking about the whole idea of men just going out here and providing, just the idea that you know, what a woman does if they're raising the, raising children, being being in that primary caregiver role, how that um, those responsibilities aren't um, accounted for in our economic system. So those 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 efforts and that labor is almost erased, as if it's not as, as if it's not of equal value. So then a lot of those same men who are going out and doing what they got to do, they bring a level of entitlement home. And a level of, you know, expectations on women that I'm the one out here working while you're just at home. And I know this is a very, this even this conversation it can be outdated in a lot of ways because there's right. the idea of the, the man being being working and the woman being at home isn't really a reality nowadays. But we're still Heck a no. lot of people, a lot of people still are operating in that mentality, um, even if it's not a, 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 a reality in most households. Women, even though they work. And even though in a lot of cases, you know, they're bringing home just as much or sometimes more, they still are considered the primary caregiver when it comes to children. And there's a lot of, you know, labor and effort that is erased and not given credence to. And there's a certain level of, like, reverence that a man is supposed to get for the work that he does, whereas a woman has a level of expectation that, that comes with it. And what it, what it boils down to is that we're a hierarchy. And this idea that one's contributions are, are greater or have more value than another, that's the problem. Um, and where we're, we're, we're constantly, society is constantly evolving. Um, one of the things that is evolving is where more and more households are starting to approach all efforts and all duties towards, you know, surviving and thriving out here as a, as a, as a mutual partnership. Um, so I'll, I'll stop there. Uh, sounds good. For the callers out there, I see y'all out there. You do have to press one, especially if you're a first-time caller. You may not know that. Again, I'm going to say it real clear because some of y'all looks like I might be first-time callers. If you want to get in on this discussion, you do have to press 1. If you're online and would like to get on the discussion, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. Let me throw this in, um, Dr. Shadada and E as well. So um, you're right, Dr. Shadada, all this is evolution, right? And, and, I, and in that article – and this is just, again, I want to highlight this because this is a good point in that one article when it says, when the lady just said, I don't quite sure how, 
you know, paternity became the center of all this when it wasn't even a factor for 97% of human existence. And when we talk about 97%, if you go back to Homo erectus, that's two, two million years old, if I understand it. And Homo sapiens, what we are now, are around, average around two or 300,000, the different ways I've seen it. So the humans that we technically are now, um, the Homo sapiens are first of all about 200,000 years ago. But in, with that said, we've only been on the patriarchy for 10,000 years, which is a small percentage. Just want to highlight that. But the uh, but the article mentioned this advent of agriculture and humans becoming sedentary. That's in a sense, like you said, Doctor Sanjata, agriculture, the strength being you know being valued to be able to mow the land and move the land to in order in order to farm right whatever the simple tools that they had. So that's where the value and the hierarchy got created. So it was the evolution at the time that was necessary. Um, and and like you, but here's the reality: the way we're evolving now, it may not be as necessary. I think is a little bit of what you're alluding to. Um, but I, what I would ask you to do, if you would, Doctor Sanjata, can you connect where E says, "Hey, the average man, as you said, they kind of have their head down." So how do you connect it for the man who has his head down? And quote, I would say, does he just use this word because we haven't said it today? How does their privilege show up in having their head down, especially if they're not the type of man who devalues what the woman brings to the table? Because as you said, I know I'm saying a lot here. I'm trying to get it all in. Because um, as you said, especially in the U.S. and Western society, um, by different numbers, you can see anywhere from 10 to 20 percent of women stay at home. So generally speaking, we now commonly both labor outside the house. That is a, that is a norm now. So we're not in the agriculture age. We are evolving. But for the man who has his head down, how does what he does fit into some of these systemic things, in your opinion? The idea that, you know, the man has the last word when in decision making, um, you know, the idea, you know, that that they have this level of power over women and children. Um, any any idea of wanting to control um, women and children um, instead of being in partnership with women and children? So any you know is contributing to the oppressions that are that are that were built into patriarchy thousands of years ago. So there are still segments of men, even when I'm out in the world talking to men or listening to men talk, where even if they're doing what's right, a blind spot, they just don't know. They they could be moving in ways that oppress women and children. Um, you know, the idea that they have to, you know, just, just wield this, this level of, uh, dominance, you know, when it comes to decision-making, like, again, I'm the man, I got the last say, you you know, there's a way to posture yourself in mm-hmm. that way. There's a way that, that men can posture themselves and, and kind of, even without saying it, but that's how they move. Like at the end of the day, I got the last word like that, that alone, that energy, that, that stance alone um, you know, is oppressive, uh, you know, to women. And in terms of how, and, and it's going to differ, you know, in any given relationship, but I guess that's, that's one of the things that, you know, stands out to me on how that's done. And I'll say one of the, one of the things I did want to say that I heard Efren mention is that, um, you know, any, any system with humans operating in it is going to have its flaws, et cetera. So one of the things that, that I like to say, because based on this, this, these, when these conversations come up, I, I see a lot of men get defensive. Um, like, you know, 
I'm just a man. I'm just doing the best I can. I'm just doing the things that I was taught to do, blah, blah, blah. And the reality is it's just a lot. The goal is awareness. You know, it's not blame because no one's to blame. Like none of us created any of this. We're literally just, you know, doing what's been modeled for us, you know, most often. And it's not until we can get in relationship uh, with women and children in a way where we, and not just women and children, let's say women, children, and other genders, because this whole conversation, again, erases, you know, those who don't identify as man or woman. So I want to acknowledge that because that's also something that indigenous cultures um, did acknowledge. It wasn't just about man and woman. This is very, the idea of the binary man and woman is a very, you know, patriarchal, colonized, et cetera thing. Um, any non-man, you know, the ways, if a, if a, uh, someone who identifies as a man who's a cisgender, you know, born with a, a penis, man, just listening to understand women, children, and other non-men, that would go a long way in understanding the ways that we can move the world and not be oppressive. So that's that's also what I'll say to that. Um, e, if you don't mind, any response to, um, to him answering your question, you know, any 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 thoughts to that? Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of stuff and writing notes as he was speaking, and th- as uh, things came to my mind. One thing is, um, you know, we talk a lot about oppression. We talk about you know, he was talking about the idea of the man having the last say um, over the women and children, and, I'm, and I just think you know any structure, any organizational structure is going to have a leader, someone who does have the power to have a last say or, or make a decision when nobody, when we can't come to something that we all agree on. Everybody's going to do, do that differently. You know what I mean? I think it's just uh, there's a lot of different reasons why um, it's come to be the man who has, like I said, has, has traditionally been given that role. But along with that role comes a great responsibility. I think that's what people uh, tend to overlook. And when you when we talk about um, valuing contributions, you know, within the family, I think that's also uh, something that people, you know, we kind of just gloss over, like, oh, these these traits are valued that the man is going, the man man is going out and earning, and the woman woman's contribution is not valued. Um, I think that's that's kind of just um, you know that could be just just uh, what do you call it? It's not coming. Misconstrued, but anyway, um, yeah, it could be misconstrued. It could be uh, that wasn't the exact word I was thinking about. But anyway, I was just thinking, you know, it, within a household structure, right? There's it's it's like a team, and on any team, just like a uh, let's say a football team. The quarterback is seen as seen as the glamorous position, right? The quarterback touches the ball every play, gets has control. The linemen, offensive linemen in particular, are seen to be a less value. But the quarterback can't do his job without having linemen to block, right? The quarterback doesn't have any value if he doesn't have um, athletic receivers to to get the ball to or running backs to get the ball to. So the same thing within a household, uh, if the man is the head of the household, so to speak, and has that final decision-making authority, that's not going to go over well and it's not going to be – his authority is always going to be challenged if he's not including in the people that are part of the household and realizing that 
each person has a valuable role to play and not necessarily these are necessarily lesser roles, but just different roles. And the roles are based on different things, like what are your strengths and weaknesses? And I, and I think people dismiss the idea that or try to dismiss the idea that we are biologically different, whether we want to accept that or not. Men and women are biologically different, and men have certain strengths that women don't have, and women have certain strengths that men don't have. So to say that a woman being at home in the rare instance that women are able to stay home and take care of the household and the family is not valued, um, I would disagree because, I mean, without that, without that, I mean, very many people who decide to make that decision of letting a woman stay at home and raise the children, they, they do that because it's more valuable to them to have her there with the children, making sure they're learning what the family wants them to learn and being raised, how the family wants them to be raised and socialized as opposed to sending them out completely into the world and letting the world do that job. So I see that a lot of times as being, being valued at a higher rate. And even when the man is provided, when both parties are working and both are providing financially, there still seems to be a disparity in the, the amount of financial contribution on the part of the man. For example, most men that I know, their wives do work. But also most men that I know, including myself, we provide more to the household financially, whereas the woman's money is seen as her money. And even in situations where people have joint bank accounts, the man just throws his money into the pot, and the woman has control over how it's divvied up and spent out. And she's, you know, make sure the bills are paid, but she has control over that. Yeah, and let so me I mean, let the trees jump in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a lot. Yeah, I want mm-hmm. you to get most of it off. I want to let the trees count. We got a couple, two and a half minutes before we go to the yeah. top of the hour. So I'm gonna let the trees count. I was kinda... actually gonna say, y'all are gonna stop skipping over the woman on this call. Hey, <laughs> 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 I, mean, I, I know I was messing up. So you get, yeah, you, you, I'm gonna let you close us out. I got a brother Pianka that want to jump on. A brother Pianka, I'm about to get you on after the break. Go ahead, Latrice. I'm gonna give you an extra minute before we go to the top of the hour break, just in case you need it. Right. Go ahead. So I want. There were a couple of things. Number one. With, within all of this power dynamic and even within what Andrew Tate said, we have, and this is what I actually told you, Montoya, when we were going back and forth in our dialogue, is that intention versus impact. While your intent may not be to do one thing, the impact of what has been said or done may be greater than your intent, than you intended to. And so that impact has to be considered. And oftentimes we don't consider the impact of the words, of the post, of the, the things that we say and do. Um, secondly, one of the things that, um, and I guess because of the work that I do, I, I'm, you know, my ears are kind of tuned to pick up those things. One of the things that when Ephraim was talking, he, he talked about men letting their woman stay at home. And that word letting implies that I gave you permission to instead of saying that we reached an agreement that my wife is going to stay home. And so oftentimes those little things and see my ex husband, he knew how he knew how he knew my affinity to words being used properly. And so he would say things like that to show his um superiority over me. Like I told you to do something. 
And my response would be to him, I'm a grown-ass woman. You don't tell me to do anything you ask me to do, and I will determine whether or not I want to do that or not. And so I think oftentimes we don't think about the words that we use when it's important. And, and that, you know, and, and just that little word, letting their woman stay at home, implies that she didn't have any say-so in it. I'm going to give you an extra minute because I, I, I missed that. I missed that. Did you, did you say let? No, Ethan didn't mean it that way. I caught it. I caught it, too. I caught it. When, when I said it, when I said it, I knew that was going to come up. But my, 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 my intent with that, even with that wording, what my thought process was the two adults have decided that the woman's going to stay home because it's the, that's what's important to their family. Right. Words matter, though, but, for sure. Right. The so, impact of those words matter. So, so saying that in front so of a I'm woman, it may make it seem as if she doesn't have any input or say so. And so those words do matter because my ex would say things like that around people to make it seem like I got control of her. And so it reached a point where, you know, I typically don't do not do things like that in public, but, you know, I I was also – my mother raised me – along the lines, if you show out in public, I'm going to show out with you in public. And so it reached a point where we showed out oh, in public. Wait. And he oh, would make those wait. kinds oh, of comments. Then my I don't even know this You don't Who tell me, woman? you ask. Who is this woman? I ain't seen you act out like this before. <laughs> because I typically we up, don't. We but if you continue break, to I persist go to in break. that I behavior. Extra, I gave us an extra minute. I got to go to break. I got to go to break. We'll yeah. be right back. All right. Brother yeah. We'll get you out of break. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases. And for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. True Seekers, please understand, Mental Dialogue is much more than just a talk show. Each and every Saturday, we communicate with you for two reasons, to dialogue and connect. On the dialogue side, we cater to you intellectual outcasts who feel you have no place for honest discourse on race, sex, culture, and African-American business. On the connect side, we've created a community where you can connect with experts specifically in finance, whether personal or business, and mental health, whether it's trauma or to optimize performance along with all the other skill sets from other MD community members. Our mission was to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through social media, meetup, and this podcast. To become a neighbor of the Mental Dialogue Community Club, please visit us at mentaldialogue.com. We are better with you than we are without you. We can be neighbors even though we don't live next to each other. Hashtag raise the culture.
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, has patriarchy gotten anything right? Special guest Ephraim Abdullah, as well as Dr. Sujata. Got Brother Pianchi that wants to jump in before I let Brother Pianchi jump in. See, I think y'all making something out of nothing with that word Latin, man. I just got to say that real quick. <laughs> and I'm, but here it is. Here's why I'm saying I'm being a little funny. But here's what I'm saying, and he's kind of already kind of defended himself in the sense of him and, you know, if, if, if a man and a woman are making that decision, and I do see that getting done today, right, where some people are deciding, you know what, we do prefer our children be raised with our own teachings. And so some people are intentionally, in a sense, having, you know, one person at home and, um, you know, one working. I even have a, a great friend, one of our members, who was flipped his, his wife's a doctor and he's at home raising the kids or whatever he works online and makes a lot of money online or whatever so obviously they work it out and that's their decision uh but i hear the letting part but at the end of the day if him and that if him and he and his partner if you will or has decided this is what's better for our family um i wouldn't assume that there's a dominant situation at home similar to what you just said Latrice but I do see how some people can play on it and when they are dominant they are being intentional like your husband was so I I said I see it play out both ways I don't think just Mm -hmm. the word itself matters in every situation if if that makes sense so I'll let you respond to that then we'll let brother brother Pianchi jump in um I do think that words matter and and if he were to say that in a different setting with a group of folks, a lot of people would, mm-hmm. would be under the assumption that he made that decision and he's allowing her to mm-hmm. stay at home. Gotcha. And it wouldn't have been that they made that decision mutually. That's all I'm saying because I've met yeah, Ephraim and I and I you know I know that that's not his stance. But with my ex, when he tried that, that was mm-hmm. his stance. And honestly, when I was dating, a lot of men that I ran into tried to have that stance mm-hmm. with me. But, you know, when I said, okay, what's your definition of this? Oh, you know what I mean? No, 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 no. Tell me what your definition is. And so there is a lot of that in our community. Um, Whether we, you know, and I discovered that when I got divorced and after I went through my years of therapy and started dating again, there's a lot of that in our community. And I get the sense that because some men feel that they have no control over anything else in their lives, that, damn it, I'm going to control this woman. I, he, and, the, and the bigger point is you knew that word was going to get you in trouble, so that's almost to their point, <laughs> if, if, if you will. Well, so it, I just wanted to kind of explore that. I had a chance to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, hey, now you got some awareness. It, it, came it, on here it, it, it was one way in my mind, but then when it came out, it was something different. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Let me go to Brother Pianchi out here. All right, Brother Pianchi, I don't know if you're calling us out of St. Louis or running around the country, wherever you might be, but thanks for calling in. What you got for us this morning, King? I'm down in the hospitality south, and I remember that song that James Brown created. It's a man's man's world. world. (laughs) But it's nothing. And he gave examples. (laughs) And, you know, your questions, you come up with questions, I had to look at them real hard, you know, and stare at them because trying to figure out where they apply, but most of your questions apply to the United States, the West. But when you go to the rest of the parts of the world, it gets down to the indigenous. Patriarchy works very well. Matter of fact, it's common. 
And where it's not common, they have means where the woman can take over that patriarchal spot. Like, for instance, in uh, certain tribes in Ethiopia, the Masi, in Nigeria, where they have what's called male daughters, female husbands. So uh, that's when the traditional and the normal is not available, and that is for the man to lead. When that case applies to certain families, then the female is allowed to take that position that the male would be relegated to. So here in the United States where you've got this gender confusion, it's okay for people to think that they're that way, but the problem is, is when you try to impose that will upon other people, especially their kids. And parents got a right to determine who's teaching their children and what they're bringing to the classroom. And when they try to avoid that, like what Joe Biden just made a revision in Title IX saying that teachers should have more say-so over a child's gender identity than the parent, that's where the fight comes in. So, no, patriarchy has gotten a whole lot right and I mean, women have been designated to do certain things, and it's worked right for thousands and thousands of years. It still goes on today in society. Just try it out. It works pretty well. But I respect others in their views, too. Hey, thank you for your three cents this morning. Dr. Sanjata, I'll let you dialogue about what we heard our caller, um, Brother Piaki, say, and I'll just sum it up this way. Um, he's just pointing out various cultures, um, this form has worked or seems to work based on his experience and the tribes that he's aware of in Africa, if you will. And I'll highlight something we already said on the show was it evolved out of necessity when agriculture came along. And so I think I'm hearing, and your thought, obviously can give your own thoughts to this, but I think I'm hearing is at various times, these human evolutions of even the hierarchies or whatever are coming into play, quote unquote, as they're needed. I think, What's happening in the U.S. possibly is we're able to push the envelope because in certain societies, we're, we're in a sense we're not relegated to what to to areas where tolling of the earth, you know, constructing buildings, if you will, or whatever. Like there's not even a lot of land to buy. That's why we're going through real estate issues right throughout the country. So I'm just kind of pointing out that in the ten thousand years that has existed maybe aspects of it were necessary. And so the dialogue might have to apply different to cultures is kind of what I'm hearing. Some of what brother Piaki is bringing to the table. Your thoughts, King. Dr. Sanjata, I'm going to you. I'm sorry if you didn't catch me. My bad. Yeah, I was on mute. My bad. Um, I can understand why Piaki would say, you know, it's worked well for thousands of years because, you know, when you look at, let's say, just how societies have evolved, there's a lot of things that we can point to to say, you know, there's a lot of wins, there's been successes. Um, but there's always a flip side to that coin. And there's a blind, there's a blind uh, spot for a lot of people uh, when it comes to that who only want to, like, look at the quote-unquote wins. But anytime those wins have come at the expense, at the degradation of our environment, have come at the expense of the erasure of entire groups of people and cultures and the, you know, the taking of land from indigenous people, from enslaved labor of people of African descent and others, et cetera, et cetera. I can talk about so many oppressions that have also happened as a result of societies 
that were built on by using the system of patriarchy. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the women's suffrage movement would have never had to be a thing if patriarchy worked so well. So, you know, this whole idea that it worked so well without also acknowledging the harm that was done within the system um, is short-sighted in my mind. And one of the things that I point out in my theory of indivisibility when it comes to all of this is that, you know, there's, there's no one to blame. These systems were put into place, like you said, out of necessity back. But even when we talk about, quote-unquote, necessity, I'll, I'll say it like this. People were doing the best they could with the skill and know-how that he had evolved to that point in history. We're talking about tens of thousands of years ago. So based on the skill and the know-how that had evolved up into that time, they were doing the best they can, they could to survive and thrive. But as we continue to evolve, we continue to learn, we continue to listen and learn from others how certain systems are oppressing them, et cetera, then it is also our duty to change up. We can't just say, oh, it's working well. That would be, that's no different than people of white, I mean, let's say uh, people of European descent, quote unquote, white people saying, you know, slavery worked well. It did. <laughs> Look how much wealth they were able to build based on slavery. Look how this country was able to be built based on slavery. It worked extremely well from their perspective. So I ha- I'm not surprised that there's many men out here that will say patriarchy has worked well. But that I need to bring, we need to, we need to have a fuller conversation. You got to bring people of African descent and other indigenous people and others to the table when people start to say that, you know, slavery and segregation work well. And when you want to talk about patriarchy working well, we got to bring non-men, including women and, you know, um, non-binary people and children to the table when having that discussion as well. And ultimately, I want to wrap it up by saying, you know, and even with Efren's conversation, we talked about every organization has this order where there's this leader and he gave the examples of the quarterback, et cetera. Yes, that's one system, but there's others. There are systems where collaboration is centered. There are systems where if someone's taking a leadership role, all people involved in the impact of the decision that that leader is making gave that person, consented to that person having the power to make those decisions versus a leader taking that power or just being designated to that person to have that power because they were born with a penis. So, yeah, things were done, but there's other ways of doing things that are more inclusive that don't oppress. And that's ultimately what my work is all about. And I think that's what, you know, Latrice's work, knowing her work as well, is about as well. Uh, sounds good. I'm going to read a quote that I think speaks to, and I'll let Latrice jump in, uh, speaks to a point that I've always heard her make. Um, Charlotte Higgins, in one of the articles I've been sharing throughout the show, um, she kind of pointed to this, and I'll Latrice, you can respond. She said, it's not simple, in fact, to produce a concise definition of patriarchy, but at its simplest, it conveys the existence of a societal structure of male supremacy that operates at the expense of women, rather in the way that white supremacy conveys the existence of a societal structure that operates at the expense of black people. Your thoughts, Queen? Um, that's precisely how I think about it. Um, and and if, we really, if we really think about patriarchy, it's not, and, and while it, has, it does afford men certain privileges, it also is detrimental to men as well. Patriarchy and those beliefs that are associated with patriarchy are the reason why men typically take bigger risks than women do. Um, it's typically why they won't go to the doctor and seek medical treatment um, when they should. 
Um, it's why they die sooner than than women. It's also why many men feel that um, I got to go to work and provide. I can't spend time with my children, and so oftentimes, you know, there's you know there may be disconnects between you know dads and their children because dads were you know fo- so focused on working that they didn't spend you know time with their kids, and so that those relationships as, as you know they progress, they have to be rebuilt, and so you know, the mental health of men. You know, recently, in recent years, we've seen a lot more focus put on um, mental well-being for men, particularly black men. And I think that's important. And I do believe that the beliefs associated with patriarchy are the reason why men have um, um, such um, issues associated with taking care of themselves, both from a physical and a mental perspective. So patriarchy is, is also detrimental to men. Um, in that sense of things. But we do have to look at, as Dr. Sanjata said, the whole the whole view of patriarchy, the good, the bad, and the ugly um, that's associated with it. And we look at, at how governments with, with men at the helm, it, it's about war, it's about getting more land, it's about doing all of these things, and it's rarely about... Um, relationships and the people, and, and all of those things come into play in our complex human society and how we operate. And so I do believe that we have reached a point where we are evolving away from um, the system of patriarchy ruling how we live our, our lives, and I think that we would be a better society for it if we were to um, not continue to push against that but find a way to embrace that way of living. All right, we're up against a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, Smithoff, where you find that Prince Sign of the Times on vinyl at? Real talk, you got a dope vinyl collection. What, you been collecting them, like, over the years or something? No, actually, I just started my collection. But my man Tobago over at DBS Sounds, he be hooking me up. You remember DBS Sounds? On the south side, they still around? I figured most of the record stores in Atlanta be closed by now. Hey, vinyl is the new wave, and DBS Sounds got the best collection in town. You can still go there and flip through vinyl. They still got CDs and mixtapes, too. Let me check their IG page at DBS Sounds ATL. They still be having artists in stores and everything. Hey, you want to run by there? Hey, man, I ain't got time right now. I got to go back to Cali tomorrow, but I might have to catch them next time. Oh, nah, you good. Even when you get home, you can just shop at their online store at dbssounds.com. They'll ship directly to you anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, jump on dbssounds.com on your phone and order straight from there. Word? Hey, I'm about to get my music game up. Hey, what's their address? In case I get a chance to swing by there, I'm, I'm going to pick up that new Kendrick Lamar CD. Oh, they at 6604 Highway 85, Riverdale, Georgia. Bet. Yo, a couple days ago, my wife said something to me about our daughter, and I cannot unhear this shit. And it's really fucking me up, and I keep thinking about it. So basically, my daughter's loud. She's just a loud kid. She's a happy kid. She has zero inside voice. And I'm always trying to tell her, hey, calm down, quiet down. Look at where we at. You don't need to yell. I hear you. So a couple days ago, we were at a water park, and she was just being loud. And I'm trying to tell her, as I always do, hey, just calm down. Just My wife looks at me and said, hey, just let her be loud, because soon enough, this world's going to silence her. That shit fucked me up. She said it with such absolutism, such fact, drawing on her years and decades of being a woman in society, and that shit hurt. 
just the simple fact that society is going to try to shrink her, minimize her voice, and dim her light just for being a woman. Oh, God. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, has patriarchy gotten anything right? Our special guest, Ephraim Abdullah, as well as Dr. Sundata. Ephraim, I'm going to start with you. I think you have a daughter as well. So you hear one brother just, you know, I thought this cut would apply to this show. So um, your thoughts and that brother saying, hey, open them up to the idea that his, his daughter's voice would be silenced, even without him telling her to, you know, don't be so loud. Your thoughts, King, as you hear that cut. I can understand that. I relate to that. I have two daughters. So, um, uh, yeah, that any anything that seems to, that affects your child, period, male or female, negatively is hurtful to a parent. When you think about all parents that I know of anyway, good parents want to protect children from any harm, uh trials, uh, hardships, any of those things, right? But at the same time, just like I have I have boys too, um, they're gonna be things that, okay, we're we're African American, we're Muslim, we're you know, there's there's gonna be things that are gonna be held against them out in society regardless. You know, um we're we're we live in Georgia. We, you know, any almost anything you do or anything you are is gonna be potentially used as something to diminish you in society, um, on some way, on some level. So while I can absolutely relate to that, and my wife and I have these conversations about the girls as well, and and their experience and her experience in the out in the world, um. You know, I just have to – it's almost like that thing, you know, like back – I don't know if they say this much now, but uh, when we, when I was growing up, it was a common saying in black households, you got to be twice as good, you know, as a black person to get the same thing. So it's like nothing is ever going to be perfect. There's never going to be the perfect society that absolutely values every individual the same. Um, so you have to learn how to navigate within the parameters of whatever uh, whatever you're, you're in. You know, I mean, the reality is we could think of all the – well, I haven't heard much about what the ideal society would look like, and I'm just imagining it that everybody is valued the same mm-hmm. by the society in general, and I just don't think we, we can get to that just because human beings are, are flawed. And I just – you know – Ideally, yeah. I mean, even as from a Muslim perspective, ideally, everybody is valued. But people don't see that when they think of Islam. They think of they they may think of oppression of women, but actually, in, in Islam, you know, the man yes is considered the head, um, but the woman has rights that are particular to her and her alone. You know, a woman in Islam does not have to work. But she has the right to work if she chooses. If she chooses to work, she does mm-hmm. not have to contribute financially anything from her from her earnings. You know, she if she chooses to, she can. The woman has to be taken care of 
unequivocally. This is this is a, a, a responsibility given solely to the man in the in the relationship. You know, I don't have a choice of whether or not I want to take care of my wife, if I want to put a roof over her head, if I want to put uh, food, bring food into the house or whatever, or provide finances for food to be brought in the house and things of that nature. So um, there's always a balance. Ideally, does that always play out in reality like that? No. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, even though I'm seen as the man, the head, I feel like I'm just the, the work mule. <laughs> you know, and, and Latrice said, like patriarchy is, there's some um, uh, damage that it does to men. I agree. But in the ideal situation where that woman is there and her nurturing, or uh, generally speaking, you know, her nurturing nature is there to help that man take care of those things that he may not think of. It's not that we don't want to go and take care of our mental health or our physical health. It's just that we're, you know, with, with me personally, I can only speak for myself. I'm so focused on what needs to be done, what has to be done. How, you know, it, it's just some things you just don't always think about. And to have a woman that has the ability and the time, because not, she's not necessarily in an ideal situation, having to think about providing economically, she can spend more of her time and energy uh, providing that nurturing atmosphere and environment that men and the children need that the man can't always provide either through necessity of being out or just biologically you know what i mean i i think biologically women are just more nurturing and, and caring and in, in, in their nature and i mean that's my opinion that's the opinion of a lot of people but you know I mean, it's not always the case, of course. But right. Uh, let me let me let me yeah, let me let me jump in here and let the, let everybody else jump in. Um, I'll, I'll say just as a not a that's not a as an aside to the actual cut, not anything Ephraim had to say. And Latricia, you could jump in next. Um, I'll just say from that cut, I'm pretty sure just um, I can imagine that cut hit. You know, just knowing you, um, that cut cut hit home. And I'll tell you the, the one thing I devolved, evolved from that um, cut was just the balance from him as a man not having a perspective until his wife brought that home to him. And so I just, in that situation, I hear hear balance in her helping him see that. And if I had to, in a sense, um, see that same brother having to raise his daughter on his own, that's something he would have never seen, you know what I'm saying, without that balance. And so, you right. know, I'm all speaking to, the lack of balance that a lot of us are growing up with. So I just wanted to throw that out as something that I derived from that cut. But um, Latrice, your thoughts on everything, Queen? Go ahead. Um, I I I like what Ephraim was was saying. You know, I actually um read a book entitled um The Promise of Patriarchy, and it talks about the women in Nation of Islam. Quite enlightening. Um, but I do I would like to highlight that women in the Nation of Islam is different from um, let's say, um, traditional Muslims who right. may come from um, a Muslim nation. Um, it's definitely different. Um, <laughs> but, one of, you know, that, that, that statement, his ending comment, you know, I kind of inhaled sharply. But it, it speaks to um, the intersectionality of black women and, and that unique position in which we sit at, that intersection of gender and race and how that does impact women um, differently 
it impacts black women differently than it impacts black men. And it's a difficult concept. When I try to have this conversation um, with a pro-black black man, it honestly, nine times out of ten, it goes nowhere. Because what I'm trying to help them understand is I'm trying to frame things from a woman's perspective, a black woman's perspective, but they can't see beyond the oppression of being a black man in this country. But there are you know, in, when, when we're dealing with black women, there are two marginalized um, intersections of, of diversity that we're discussing versus the one. And, and let's just be honest, black women are not viewed as white women are. We're not, we're not given that right to be vulnerable. We're not given that right to be, to be viewed as necessarily the weaker sex. Um, and those distinctions matter in our society. Um, it matters in how we are perceived um, when we walk in the street, when we are walking into our jobs. All of that has an impact on black women. And, and soon enough, unfortunately, you know, that woman was right. Soon enough, the world will definitely try to to shut shut, shut her down. Right, let me throw this in, and Dr. Jada, you give me a couple of thoughts. We've got a couple of minutes. So let me throw in this thought. And is this, is this part of – is this – a possible part of the evolution um, And again just me understanding And knowing what you're about I think you in a sense may be a further extension Of this evolution but can you re- can you Receive this evolution and so When I look at in a sense western society And how it looks at that, that Hierarchy of patriarchy uh, One thing that I feel like in even my Studies with history or whatever the, What we lost sight of even if if two, if a man and woman are going to agree to, in a sense, a quote-unquote head of the household, right? Even in them agreeing with that, there was the, the women's suffrage movement was was built out of a concept, what I would say a Western concept of where they, in a sense, disrespected and gave the woman lower value. When I hear uh, from speaking, obviously from his personal experience, and I think I've seen within certain African cultures, that those roles that they've agreed upon were so complementary that there wasn't a lesser value for what each were doing. Obviously, those two had to agree to it. So uh, would, would you consider that a level of involvement of where you're not clearly, because I think that's a huge mistake. There's, there's no way in the aftermath community, the reality is 81% of our homes are matriarchal based on head of household, just using those numbers, right? So that's a reality mm-hmm. within our community. So we would evolve just to have complete respect for that woman and realize even if you want those roles, they are completely complementary. Could you respect that as a level of involvement versus what the history has been? Um, you got one minute oh. to give me a thought. Um, okay. I'm actually asking Dr. Sajada to respond, um, Latrice. Okay. And I'll let you respond after the break as well. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you more, I time more time break. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope I get a little more time, but I'll just say, Right from jump, I'll tell you that the even the whole idea of gender roles um, is a is a telltale sign of patriarchy because at a very young age, um, traditionally we start to steer young people into certain roles, whereas in reality, if we allow young people to evolve into their natural ways of being and doing in the world outside of biases and 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 et cetera then the reality is I know some young people who are, who are, I know people in general who are men who love to cook and I know women who love to fix things and love to get their hands dirty and, and, and build things and, and do yard work. And so getting beyond these traditional things, but at a young age, there's certain people 
um, certain adults who will steer their per- their young person away from certain things because they'll say that's a quote unquote woman's role or quote unquote man's role. That's another example of ways that patriarchy does harm. Um, gotcha. Let so, me go. So let me jump to the break. Let me jump to the break, that. and we'll yeah, we'll keep dialoguing after the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think, for the caller out there, if you want to get in on the discussion, you do need to press one. If you're just listening, no problem. If you want to get in, you do have to press one. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Do you need marketing designed specifically to compete in today's digital age? Well, look no further than Edge Digital Business Solutions, a marketing agency that's well-equipped to provide solutions to the challenges faced by businesses looking to acquire and retain customers in today's ultra-competitive marketing world. Whether it's video creation, website or logo design, mobile app development, social media and email marketing, or e-commerce design and development, Emoridge Digital Business Solutions has the answer. Visit them at emoridgedbs.com. That's E-M-O-R-E-J-D-B-S.com. Or call 864 864- Two two one three six three two. That's eight six four two two one three six three two. Emoridge Digital Business Solutions. We're the solution to your marketing challenges. Thirty-five percent. Seventy-four percent of Black women make fifty thousand dollars or less. Seventy-four percent. Three out of four Black women make fifty thousand dollars or less. That is not enough money to live on until the end of your days without requiring any money from the system. Agreed. So where's the money going to come from if it doesn't come from a husband and a family? I'm not saying it has to come from that. What I'm stating is that it is possible. You know, will and can they are two different things. see, See, that's the beautiful thing about being a man. We deal in reality. Y'all deal in, women tend to deal in will and possible, and it's, it's, it's special snowflakes. That ain't how men think. Marriage has been a requirement for women on this planet because men make most of the money. Men do the job to make the most money. Women choose jobs that pay based upon what they like to do, but they can't afford to pay for themselves worldwide. And they're bankrupting economies because you have single women who are florists and dog walkers who can't afford to pay for themselves in these Western countries, and when they reach retirement age, they have no savings. But I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that men are given the opportunity for those jobs to provide that. Women aren't given what, 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 what do you mean, given the opportunity? Women can, women can choose to go do the dirty, dangerous jobs that pay the most money. They don't. Okay. They, they, there are women that have attempted to. But when they're what are you talking about? Okay, man. When given the opportunity, they're more than likely they're. How are you saying given the opportunity? How are women being okay? This is what this is what men dislike. Women want equality. Okay, but if you want equality, just like you want to have the opportunity to be the CEO, you also be have the same opportunity and go do the goddamn ditch digging, and and the oil wells and the coal mines, and the jobs that pay the money. See, man, what it comes down to is if you are going to, a person has to pay for themselves. And can most women afford to pay for themselves? To the end of the day, elder medical care, everything else, when they are retired and 
Can they? I think we already answered that. The answer is no. So that's why marriage is a requirement. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, has patriarchy gotten anything right? So we hear the infamous Kevin Samuel. don't think we could do this show without having a cut from a Kevin Samuels, if you will, but I also wanted to we bring in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to break it in both. We're going to break it all ways. You know how we do, uh, Latrice. And so part of that is also um, – Obviously, a soapbox issue of mine is the concept of marriage, and and so we've done you know the majority of the show without that concept, if you will. Obviously, um, Ephraim's marriage, and y'all spoke you know spoke of, of your all your individual situations within your marriages, if you will. Uh, but I really wanted to bring that context where he says marriage is a requirement, and here's a, and then again, it's not about whether I agree or disagree with Kevin Samuels. Obviously, we're just doing the dialogue about the, the cut, right? And so. Um, in that marriage is a requirement has been something that has often been a reality for as, as in addition to patriarchy being around for 10,000 years, getting into a little more history, even with the world becoming agricultural, if you will, it wasn't really until the industrial revolution that we, the advent of the quote unquote middle class came along. So also along with new concepts, right. Is, Marriage ended up being a requirement quite often for the have-nots, which is what the world has mostly been, have and have not for the majority of human existence, if you will. Marriage has been a requirement really for both the man and the woman. Obviously, Kevin Samuels in that cut is focused on the women. But I hear marriage is a requirement typically for any two people that are, in a sense, not going to be able to take care of themselves near the end of their lives. And that has been a conscious evolution for why marriage has been a played a big role in the evolution of humans, and I still think marriage is a requirement. Whereas I say for men and women, and despite what you heard in that cut, so that's what I really wanted to bring to the table. Latrice, we'll start with you in, in in reference to that because that has been the history. We have evolved to where women can be now more in the marketplace as we became a marketplace culture versus an agriculture. And prior to that, a nomadic culture as humans. But in the current days, that's what's evolving. That's what's changing. But for the majority of the world and other parts of the world, that is still the case. So it ends up being, marriage ends up being a necessity, or, or maybe until it isn't, if that makes sense. Your thoughts, Queen? Yeah, I, I, so in, in the sense, and as I listened to, to what he was saying, you know, it was, it was flawed in, 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 a, in a way because men are the higher earners because of patriarchy, because when a man is of family-raising age, um, he goes into a job, and that's really what's contributed to men being paid more because that's the privilege they have because he has to take care of his family, Um, whereas women are seen as um, a problem when they're of childbearing age. You might be out of – you might leave the company because you have a uterus and, you you know, you're of childbearing age, so we're going to pay you less because, you know, you you are not as much as an – of an asset. Um, but the irony is of what he was saying when he was talking about the, the higher paying jobs, when, when jobs become higher paying, they typically then evolve to jobs that men do. Computer programming was considered administrative work when it started, and women did that work, and it was low paying. 
when that type type of work became a high-paying career, guess what? It became male-dominated, even though research shows that women write better code. Patriarchy is tied all up into that. But now back to your question about marriage, um, there are, there are there are folks who are finding ways around that. They're building these, you know, where they are co-living, I think is what they call. Um, unfortunately, our, 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 in our capitalistic society, um, wages have not kept up with the cost of living, so you're either going to have to co-live with someone or you're going to have to get married. And that's just, you know, just from a logical perspective to survive in our Western society in this country, co-living or marriage, to, to live um, to live okay in this country. So let me throw this out there. I want to hear some data thoughts on this. And so, in that, even even in Latrice offering the co-living perspective or whatever, well, there's also the aspect of family dynamics and marriage being for the children, and in a sense, two people co-living, having enough resources to endure and raise a family, in a sense, in the way that they might like. And so there's an aspect of what I think that gets lost in all of this is marriage, in my opinion, still gets demonized when effective, I, I would offer it effectively has still been the best way for us to evolve as humans as well. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that when we just, in a sense, reduce it to, oh, we can do other things. I just want to put out my opinion as well before you jump in, Dr. Sajada. Your thoughts, again, how all of what I'm saying relates to this idea of patriarchy and the role that historically women have had to rely on men, as said in the cut. And we're just now, in certain societies, having room to explore these other things. The majority of the world is not in a space to explore some of the stuff that we're exploring today on this show. Your thoughts, Dr. Jeff? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm glad you brought that clip in because it speaks to the dysfunction and the harm embedded in the system of capitalism. And ultimately, for me, when I think about patriarchy, I think about, irregardless of what we can say are the quote-unquote wins within it, is the harm that it does. And my whole platform is about creating new systems that don't do harm in the ways that the current systems do. So even when you talk about the idea of marriage and a nuclear family, I see that as a system that does harm. And I see it as uh, marriage in the, ways, in the ways that we, you know, we're speaking of it is as a mechanism to survive within, within a harmful system. So my mind is like, how can we create something new? You know, how can we create something new? And ultimately, it's not even about creating something new because, you know, prior to the agricultural revolution, et cetera, um, you know, humans lived in in nomadic, you know, we talked about uh, egalitarian, but they lived as, as bands, you know, in tribes and, and villages, et cetera. And as we know, the whole village concept, it continued to to move and, and throughout history for a long time before it, continued, before it got wiped out uh, for the most part. But, you know, I don't I personally don't believe that humans, our nature is designed to be in a nuclear family dynamic. I believe that it truly does take a village, not just for young people, but for adults as well. And I think so much of the harm when it comes to mental health and loneliness epidemic and, you know, the financial issues, et cetera, are all a result of the separation that has come from not only patriarchy, um, the, the system of patriarchy, but also the system of capitalism and 
one of the hardest things for me throughout this conversation was talking about patriarchy like it existed on an island because all of these systems are interconnected and interdependent. So mm-hmm. it just it doesn't. So I'm glad we were able to bring uh, capitalism into the into the fold as well to highlight the ways that it causes harm and how it's interconnected with patriarchy in these ways. Uh, Ephraim, your thoughts, Dr. Um, Brother Pianchi, we'll get to you after the break. Um, your thoughts, um, Ephraim, to what you're hearing. I think any system that human beings create is going to be harmful in in uh, ways that we can't foresee because humans are flawed and we there's no way that any group of us can come together and decide what's going to be most beneficial for the whole and have it free of bias, free of any kind of, um, you know, ulterior motives or anything, things of that nature. Um, just like democracy is supposed to be the savior, but there's flaws in democracy. Human system yeah, I know. That's ever yeah, been I know. created. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I, I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You could pause and so I think you're done. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you. Finish, finish, please. Well, that that was basically it, um, and I wanted to clarify something for Latrice. So when I was speaking of Islam, I am speaking of Orthodox Islam, not speaking of the nation of Islam. And the, the rules that I was talking speaking of are the rules of Orthodox Islam. Now, that doesn't, like I said, always play out like that. You see in some countries their culture is still more predominant than the, the um, system of Islam, so that's why you see those disparities, but if they were going according to Islam, it would be ideal in the ways that I spoke of, but because human beings are involved, they're having to implement a system um, that I believe is balanced and perfect, but they're implementing it with their flaws. Um, and, with and their so human it, flaws. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. it's not right. With their human flaws. Let me go to break here. Um, to be fair, I think Latrice understood that difference. That's why she was distinctive. Um, am I fair? Am I hearing you? Did I hear you right, Latrice? You were really distinctive about kind of where you heard mm-hmm. it from. So she understood that you were actually practicing something different. So she was okay. just making, being distinctive, of, you know, kind of where she had got some of her information. So she understood that. We're up against the break. Yes. Brother Pianchi, yep, Brother Pianchi, cool. we'll get you coming out of the break. Listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases. And for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781 
LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Do you realize that men get angry when you out-talk them? That, that your tongue is your weapon and that you can win the battle and still lose the war? The right word spoken by a good woman in a bad situation can make a man fly. You know how you are about your children Mm -hmm. come hell or high water? I'm down for you. Mm -hmm. Well, most of us had that with our mothers. And then we marry you. And we watch you give it to your children. And this is what I want you to understand. We're blaming you where they're broken. Because they were probably broken in some way when you got them. I'm telling you how to minister to the brokenness without emasculating the patient. Okay? If you've got a man that life has beaten and he comes home to a woman holding a whip, don't be angry when he looks beat down. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, has patriarchy gotten anything right? Special guest co-host Latrice Ross, special guest Elfam Abdullah, as well as Dr. Sanjata, as we hear a cut from T.D. Jakes. And it would not be right to do a show on patriarchy and not bring up religion, so I thought that was a good cut to, to revel us into and in a sense, Dr. Sajada kind of alluded to it at the very beginning, the idea of religion. We can't have a conversation without that part. And obviously, T.D. Jakes is speaking the sentiments that we've heard throughout our lives, the power of a woman's tongue, if you will. And so uh, I'm, before I get to you, Brother Piak, I'm going to let Patrice jump in on this thing. Go ahead, Queen. Your thoughts to hearing that cut again. It wouldn't be right to have a conversation without bringing up religion. Those statements bother me so much because they make it a woman's responsibility to be the healing place for broken men, whereas particularly in our community, black women are also broken. Um, One of the things that Dr. Miles Monroe, and he was a preacher, so it's ironic that I'm bringing him up, he he talked a lot before his death about relationships, and he said people talk about bringing 50-50 to a relationship, and he said that's wrong. You should be bringing 100% and 100% to a relationship because if that man is down 30, you know, seven down 30%, then you'll need to take some of your 100% to pour into him. And if that woman had a bad day and she's down 50%, then you'll have to take that man will have to take some of that one of his 100% and pour into her. I think that we need to approach relationships from that perspective, particularly as black people in this country, because this society tears us down collectively as a community, and we have to pour into each other, so we need to stop with this patriarchal concept that men are, that women are healing places for broken men. We need to come together and heal each other and stop the one-sided nonsense that people like John Gray and T.D. Jakes do. E, I'm going to go to you, um, if you will, Ephraim, because uh, you alluded to something that I think just, and I'm gonna, I know you didn't mean this, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts. Uh, but just from the standpoint of, you know, that nurturing woman, right, playing that role. So to a degree, we can hear some of TDJ's thoughts along that line. I'm definitely being raised in the South. The power of the, the woman's tongue can, you know, as, as even TDJ said, can lift you up. And do we also understand that even amongst us as men, right, in our dialogues with one another, we still say, and, and they've had probably personally, you know, I know I personally experienced, whereas almost like 
the woman who knows you best can get under get under your skin even more, and that's what we never distinguish. You know, she knows intimate sides of you, so that's why she's able to tear you down, but we use it in the form of her tongue tears you down. So just your thoughts hearing hearing mm-hmm. Jeannie Jakes, you know, bring that out. Your thoughts, um, F. Well, I agree with his sentiment, um, and I also agree with Latrice, uh, Dr. Miles Monroe. We need to bring 100%, 100%. But where I disagree, um, <clears throat> not necessarily disagree, but I think it, as long as we're in, in, we're seen as competitors to each other, I think that's the biggest problem. We're competing so much. Who's the most broken? Who's the the the, the most valuable, who has the final say, who has the – instead of um, us coming to, to realize that we do have complementary roles. And I keep going back to this, the differences between male and female absolutely play a role, and to dismiss that is a big mistake because you dismiss that there are certain traits – <clears throat> that are generally so associated with women that are very valuable and great strengths that would would um, help in these all these dynamics if we allowed that to be the case and not saying only these other traits are valuable and so everybody has to compete to try to get those traits you know so I think if we if we operate it more from a standpoint of your strengths, my strengths, what what do we what can we bring to each other that's gonna help us become the most we can be, it it's a whole lot better than this whole competitive combative type thing that we've been duped into, I think. Right. Let me throw Dr. Sajada then we're gonna to go to Brother Piaki. So Dr. Sajada real quick, let me throw a little monkey wrench into to some of on what you've been hearing. So um, knowing what your work is, and and you kind of mentioned to it, mentioned this before the break, uh, how in a sense, a lot of times even the gender roles right are socialized to a degree. Uh, but I'm always like Elfram highlighting that there are quote unquote some natural differences. And so here's here's can I throw out this and see what you th- think? So ideally, um, if we take some of what you're what you're talking about, I think is how we end up. Getting and I'm pretty sure if I had to go look through the whole industry that there are probably some women coal miners, if you will, right? And there are probably some women on oil rigs. And so if we didn't socialize in the way that you think is harmful, if you will, um, I think we might be better at, in a sense, allowing the women who, in a sense, go that route to. I'm just using those industries, obviously, for a particular reason, that to go in, into those industries. Whereas in the past, they absolutely one wouldn't have been allowed. Here's my however. However, even if we did a better job of, in a sense, not socializing boys and girls into their roles, due to the natural gender differences, you're still going to have the majority of men on all rigs due to the strength of what it requires. Again, not saying that a woman can't do it, and we should allow the women who want to and can to be there, but there is a natural difference to there's not going to be a bunch of women on all rigs as an example. So I think that encompasses some of what from saying and some of what you're saying. So I'm, in a sense, trying to do as I always do. The truth is kind of in the middle, not either extreme. Your thoughts to this, and I'm going to get to Brother Pianchi after you. You might be on mute, Dr. Sajada. 
Oh, actually, I may have lost him. He may have dropped by accident. Oh, he dropped by accident. All right, Brother Pierce, we're going to let you jump in. Hold on, let me see if I got Dr. Schnell to back in real quick. His phone may have dropped, y'all. Sorry. Oh, I definitely wanted to hear his thoughts to that. All right, let's get Brother Pianchi in. All right, Brother Pianchi, what you got for me? Well, you know, you talk about certain jobs. You know, I hired an iron worker. When I put a 40 story office bill, I didn't have no women up there during the connection. I didn't have to ask them because they wouldn't go. Now, you know another thing. You made mention of TDJ. Didn't he write a book called Woman Thou Art Lose? Wonder what he meant by that. And you know, you have males that become twenty-one, twenty-first birthday men, but in essence, they just still males because to become a man, there's a process, a process that has to start early and be carried out, and along the way, there's checks and balances to see if the outcome is going to be and look like what it should be. I just want to put that in there. Yeah, and Latrice, I'll say this. I love what the last part of what Brother Pianchi said, just in the sense of, um, you know, I still want to have a family, and then if I have a daughter, I would want a man that's been through that process to take care of my daughter. Now, she can choose otherwise, but I'm just telling you on my own in a world in which I do believe um, you know, like I don't want the women who can have the children up on those high rises that Brother Pianchi would put put those men on. I don't even want them up there. But me not wanting them up there is not me saying don't let them get the job if they can or capable. I'm just highlighting at the end of the day there are I I agree with Ephraim. There are some natural gender roles that again allowed to do it is one thing versus the reality of who's going to do those things and if you have the in gender, in in general, if you have that strength, I would like for us to highlight them, and I think that is very complimentary when we don't compete, as a Ephraim said. Um, your thoughts, um, Latrice, to 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 the, to the oh, I agree with that. I, I don't disagree. I, I, that whole and this whole competi- competition thing was new to me after my divorce. Like I didn't realize that we had devolved to a place where black men and black women were competing against each other. I think it's harmful. Harmful to us as a community, um, and I think it does us a disservice and it keeps us from connecting and building back our community. So I don't disagree with what Ephraim said, and, and I don't necessarily agree with what you said either. I mean, I think more, more often than not, like, I, I hate outside, um, and I hate, I hate getting dirty. So certain jobs I'm not just naturally not going to do. And even in a household, you know, those things that people do well, they're going to naturally be drawn to do those things. I think I don't think that one has to establish boundaries. Those things will naturally evolve. If a man loves cooking, then he's going to want to do most mm-hmm. of the cooking. If mm-hmm. a woman loves cooking, she's going to want to do most of the cooking. So I think that the problems come into play when we try to place place people in boxes and put Mm -hmm. these boxes into our relationships and say, you got to do this or you have to do this or you're not allowed to do that. I think that if we just allow things to happen naturally, we would have far less conflict in our households than we actually do. No, I love it. Um, Dr. Sajada had to drop, so that's why he had dropped off and I missed him on his thoughts. we got about a minute and a half. Um, Ephraim, I've enjoyed the conversation. I know you came to it with an open mind. I don't know if you 
Um, if you've learned anything, if you will, um, I think we've learned things from you as well. And I think it was an excellent dialogue, just really understanding, in my, at least in my opinion. Uh, but if you will, um, any last thought from you, if you can make it quick so we can get off this thing. Um, just stop competing with each other. Men and women are not enemies of each other. We are, we are partners. We're complementary uh, team players. So we should act like that. And I just wanted to ask Latrice if she wasn't allowed to play in the dirt as a kid. I grew up in the country, and punishment for me was making me go outside. Wow. Wow. So with that said, we'll see y'all next Saturday. And I'm finna end this. I'm finna end this in the only way that a patriarchal male would want to end this show, which is for everything we've been talking about for two hours. And I'm hanging up now. Goodbye. Ah, you don't even want to hear it? No, you got to hear it. <laughs> don't even want to hear it. hear it. I already know what you're doing. No. You don't know Goodbye. what I'm about to say, though. Stop that. Yes, I do. No, you don't. It's a man's world. A long time. I lost the cut. I can't even find it. Good. Oh, man. I'm just going <laughs> to tell y'all what it was. Damn, I cannot find it. I lost the cut. So I was going to end the show with, at the end of the day, all men care about is that they baby don't end up on the pole. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 can't find the cut. That's, That's why I'm going to end the show. I'll That's see y'all bad. next Saturday. All I ask is that y'all think. Bye, y'all. Bye.